0: Welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 69. This week, my lovely guest is Indy Perrow. Now, Indy writes crime noir and he'll be telling us all about that and his inspiration and uh, the world that he's created to tell his stories in. Interesting stuff. So at my desk this week, well, at my desk this week, one of the jobs I've been doing is creating new sort of flat lays for my kind of social media output you know the sort of thing where you've kind of got a picture of um you know some odds and ends that are sort of a bit seasonal and then you've got the kind of the book cover on there and the book cover might be a digital book cover so it might be a picture of a kindle or you know an e-reader or it might be an actual book or a bit of both and those kinds of things and then there's kind of bits and pieces around it you know and it looks like they they kind of look like they've been um Photographed, I mean, They look like you've done them yourself. You know, they, they look quite, um, how can I say, organic, I suppose. Uh, but generally they're not. They're usually, um, somebody's usually using something like, I'm using a, a company called Book Brush. And they're really, really good. And Book Brush, I think I've talked about this before, they've come a really long way since I used them Before. And uh, what it is, is you can kind of go in there, you can pick the book cover that you want to go on, and then you can literally put in something like um, holidays or season or something or whatever it is, or Halloween or fall, because I think it's an American company, instead of autumn, um, as we call it here in England. And uh, and then you can kind of get, you know, kind of seasonal pictures of, of of things, places, or people holding a book, or autumn leaves, or whatever it is, and then you you just literally flick your book cover into there, and it all looks very nice. And uh, what is really good is you can download as many as you want. I mean, I mean, you don't need thousands, but it's good to have a good a good handful, you know, ten to fifteen of these things, so that you can you can kind of mix it up on social media and keep putting up something that looks fresh. And it kind of. Um, do, do people really notice it? Yeah, well, I think they do, but I think it feels fresh for you. And I think that's quite nice and I quite enjoy putting up some new things. So obviously, if you follow me on social media, you probably notice that, you know, recently there've been lots of pictures of the midwitch book cover with kind of autumn leaves around it and a few pumpkins, spooky stuff, bits and pieces like that. And it all looks very, very seasonal, very autumnal autumn autumnal is the word I'm looking for very autumnal and all that kind of thing so obviously now we've kind of got over Halloween and then I feel like Bonfire Night's gone I'm kind of feeling a bit of a Christmas vibe here and I'm feeling that we're kind of going into the next thing so I got into Book Brush and um did a whole new sort of thing and kind of tidied up my phone put the put the um the old things away into the uh, well I didn't delete them but I, I sort of stacked them off onto the back onto the computer and then put this new file on with all my new flat lays on ready for the Christmas season and uh, and I've been really really pleased so I'll put book brush in the show notes if you want to go and check them out I think there's a free version that you can use you can get a few little bits and pieces but I'm I'm finding it a real a real time saver because you're not kind of fiddling around. I mean, I used to go around and kind of take a few pictures, actually take the darn pictures and make the flat lays myself. But it, it is very time consuming. It's quite a pleasurable job, but, you know, you're going to need an afternoon to do it and a few ideas. So it's quite nice just to kind of get in there and go click, click, click. And you've kind of done that in a couple of minutes and it's it's all there and it's ready for you to use. So so that's it. So that's one of the jobs I've been doing this week. I've been um, into the book brush and fiddling around making some new flat lays. I kind of need to get in there again and do some other stuff um, that I can use on the TikTok account and that kind of thing. But I've kind of done what I need for um, X and uh, Facebook and Instagram. So good. Good job. Yeah. So there's another little thing. Another little thing ticked off the list. Anyway, enough of me chatting on. I think I chatted on far too long last week. So I'm going to keep it nice and short. So come meet Indy Perro, He's a lovely guy. Here he is. On the Words and Pictures podcast this week, my guest is Indy Perrow. He describes himself as a recovering academic. He writes gritty noir novels, which focus on the balance of power between crime and the law. So um, tell us about your stuff, Indy. I don't quite know where to start. I had a look at your things today and... um... Obviously, I'm an artist as well, so I I really want to talk about your book covers, but we'll get to that in a minute because I think they look brilliant, absolutely. And in fact, I called my husband in because I said, come and have a look at this guy. His stuff looks absolutely on point. So I'm very excited to have a chat with you about how they came into the world. But first, I think we need to have a quick discussion about these characters in your novel. So you've got two guys, you've got a a detective and you've got a criminal. Um, Who do you like best? Are they both morally grey, Indy, or are they both nice guys underneath or are they both absolute bastards yeah. come on I want to know
1: <laughs> well I think I think they're both morally gray because I think we all are yes um, I think so
0: too I, yes even me sweet they're... little English woman absolutely <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> I think that they're both uh nice guys underneath or at least they want to be um I think Vincent Bayonne who's the detective um was a uh Marine medic in Vietnam, and then joined the police force afterward because he had become disillusioned with civilization. And he spent some time as a narcotics detective, which only furthered that disillusionment, and homicide became a way for him to sort of solve what he considered to be the enigma at the heart of of the chaotic center of civilization, right? That, that point in the middle of a society where we, the animality of, of humanity kind of comes out from within. Um, so that's his goal in life, that's his purpose, is, is to act as this kind of preserver character, but he's also fundamentally weak, mm. right? And so you ask me who my favorite is, and my favorite would be Cain Culpa, who's the criminal, because the criminal, um, yeah. he's, he's not weak. Um, and I think he's a more decent person if we're going to try to take some sort of objective perspective on what it means to be decent. Um, he's someone who is willing to cross lines when it's necessary, but has no personal interest in doing so. And the ability to play with... The preserver character who has a fundamental weakness but who acts on the side of law and order versus the strong character who's both a destroyer and a redeemer in that sense, right? He's, he's a, a fundamental component in what it takes for society and civilization to function. But he's on the other side of law and order. He's the criminal. And I, yeah, he's more fun to write. He's, he's definitely a manifestation of my own id. in a a weird
0: way yeah yeah well i I think all our characters have have, have got a bit of us in it that's that's how it is unfortunately you know even the dark stuff you know uh it's it is what it is um because i think all human beings i think we're we're much more nuanced and much um we've got much darker sides than we show on the surface and that's what good manners is all about isn't it where where you know we're showing this pleasant side of ourselves we don't and actually i think writers i mean i've talked to you know lots lots of Authors, you know, over the over this podcast game that I'm playing here, um and and often I find the people that write the horror and the people that write the really dark stuff are the are the, the nicest people, <laughs> you know. And uh, whereas sometimes sometimes some of the people that are writing the sugary romance something, I'm thinking, I'm thinking mm, I don't know whether you need to get into, you know, explore your <laughs> inner psyche a bit more, you know. So I yeah I think it's I think it's a good thing. I think we're I think it's good for us to write about that kind of thing. How do you how do you this is me, typical me. i am so I've got a list of questions and now I'm not going to use them because I'll just keep talking to you. <laughs> how how do you balance your writing? Do you write one chapter in one person's voice and the other chapter in the next person's voice? Or do you or or are you the omnipotent narrator so that you're talking about both of them at the same time?
1: Um so now I'm the omnipotent narrator. Yeah um, You are the God Central in your City world. Was, it, yeah. Well, um, I I would think of it more as like a fortune teller, right, where I'm, I'm peering in and and trying to, to bring that out. Um, I don't know that I have as much control as I thought I did maybe uh, a year or two ago. Um, But originally, Central City, I wrote from one perspective, and then the other. um, And then looked at putting that puzzle together. And I I had like distinct ways in which I was trying to bring the voices out um, and found that it worked better just as it was more fluid when I let go of that Mm -hmm. and allowed myself to come out a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And I, th- I think sometimes when when we begin to begin a writing project, I think you have this kind of you think, oh, I'm going to be this. And I'm going to be that uh, or I'm going to write like this, you know. But actually, if you just put that to one side and let your own voice get on and tell the story, it it, it, it feels more authentic to the reader. I think, you know, I think I think that's the whole the whole thing of it. You know, if, if you really felt it when you write it, then so will the so will the reader. I think I think that's. That's all. It's all a good thing. Yeah, interesting stuff. Do you um? How much of it do you think is based on you know your own life experiences of things, or is it just you know off the top of your head? Or do you do a lot of research for it to you know? Were Were you in the police yourself ever, or any of that kind of thing? No,
1: no, I was not. Uh, no, I was not on. I was not on that side of the equation. Um, I, in terms of research, I, having been an academic. There's like research with a capital R. And I think as an author and artist, I probably do a lot of research, maybe more than might be average. I I don't know. Um, Because I have that background and it's fun to me. That's enjoyable. Mm. Um, In terms of, there are definitely stories that I took from my life. There are stories from um, friends that I grew up with things that happened to them or things that I was there observing. And mm-hmm. then, and then you dial it up, right? Like, yeah, the, yeah. and you make Both it you do. Yeah. fit the meaning and yeah. the purpose. Um, there's a fair amount of that. And I definitely, you know, I grew up in, in an environment, in an inner city environment where um, working class neighborhood um, where crime was, was everywhere. And, and, and it's not, there's something that, like the way that it's represented on television, especially in the US, irritates me to no end, right? Because it it depicts these inner city neighborhoods as just being, that's as though that's all there is. And I do wanna cut back against that because it's, you know, this is the environment of people who are um, trying to build something and trying to create something with their lives. And that to me is fundamentally the purpose of, or a purpose of being alive, right? Is yeah. to try to build something and create something and contribute something. Mm. And, and that's why I like to play with that gray area, right? Mm. Because there are ways in which that's not what, maintaining the status quo isn't doing that. It doesn't allow for creativity, mm. right? We have to break and, and rupture in order to, to be as creative as we can be.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. And I think that's uh, so. Do you think you know? So, how many books are you in now? Four, four books in.
1: So uh, I'm working on the third in the series, but I have um, two other shorts, short works that deal with the same characters. Um, one's a novella, and one's a short story. And then I have a third or a second novella coming out as well um, in December
0: yeah cool yeah so and and I think the more you write it the more you you know them you know you, you know you know you know them really well now <laughs> I think I think that's quite I think that's quite an interesting thing because it's it's almost like um coming back to old friends and you 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 know exactly what they do what they eat what they say how they smell the whole thing isn't it yeah it's it's interesting yeah yeah, I, yeah re- really really nice stuff um Do you think you write the kind of books that you like to read or is that not, is that a different thing for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I love like James Salas, um, Dennis Lehaney, uh, Jim Thompson. Jim Thompson, like I have to be careful when I read his stuff um, because if I'm like going to be at a, a, like a wedding or a family reunion of some kind or something where I only see these people like once every three years, I can't read Jim Thompson before I go to that or while I'm there because I'll be, I'll have more of an edge. Yeah. <laughs> like the ideas in his work will come out in my personality and give the wrong impression. We, you know, you got to be on your toes. Um, but no, that's what I love. And I love Raymond Chandler, um, Deshiel Hammett, Absolutely. And I, and, like Deshiel Hammond is a great example of somebody where like the magnificent seven, right? Seven samurai are all um, recreations of Red Harvest. And it's that's such a great litmus test for a powerful story. Mm. If you can completely take it out of context, plug it into the Western US or Japan, right? Medieval Japan, mm. and the story still bears fruit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think both the noir and that ability to to tell an archetypal story that's what I love to read.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think if you have um I, I think some books you can come back to them years and years later, you know, even even if you read them like, you know, I'm I'm just oddly rereading um the shogun stuff. Um you know, the James okay. Clavell, it's only the James Clavell stuff. James Clavel. But but I just yeah. thought um I what I what I thought was I, I just came across it and I thought oh I, I'd quite like to read that again and and see what I think of it now as a older woman you know whether whether it would still interest me You know and and it was it's still absolutely fascinating and such a clever clever nuanced thing with so many different characters and you know a whole different thing and it's it's interesting to revisit stuff and, and I think if, if things have, if the story's been told well enough you know, I don't know. Some people say old oh, interval, you know, and it's whatever. But what I'm saying is, if a story worked, it still works. You know, even you know, thirty years later. You know, and I think I think that's quite an interesting thing. Yeah, fascinating. Who? So, have you got somebody? Does your partner um read your stuff? Do you do you do you, do you give yeah. you, do, you, do you give your stuff to your partner, or or are you one of those writers that they don't don't get involved in at all?
1: No, I mean um no my wife doesn't uh she's not a great beta reader as an you know to use like an industry term um because she's very supportive and
0: oh yes my husband's like that happy. whatever I do whatever I do he's like fine which but sometimes that's what you need actually you know like you know I, I yeah that's that's you gotta have my dad always said you've got to have as long as you've got one person who's always on your side you're going to be okay and I think that's really true and he's my he's always in my corner you know, and I think that's great. My <laughs> crap, you know, he just goes great. <laughs> you know, I mean? and I think you just need somebody like that in your life because I think writing's hard because you you do the do the whatever you're doing and you put it out there and then you know the criticism comes and and some of it's yeah. hard, some of it's hard to take, you know, and some of it's true and hard to take. You can see where they're coming from, but but also right. you know when you also you get some praise and that's great as well, but you really put yourself on the line much more I think than anything else you know people have you know I think art is different I think people are kinder about art on the whole as long as it's not edgy stuff but you know generally visual stuff and I think people have a you know put art out there people are either don't bother commenting or whatever if they didn't like it but if they've read something of yours they nearly always comment and you have to you have to man up really for want of a better term you know you have to man up and 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 accept what that is so I think if you've got a wife like I've got a husband who will just go it's great you go well one person likes it I'm fine. <laughs> and I think you can kind of move on but you know joking aside I think it's important to have a few people that get you you know and I think that makes yeah, yeah I think it makes it a bit easier to cope with I think
1: well she she also knew me when with- right so um there are ways in which when she reads these stories it brings her back to a time you know when we were both younger and she'll say that I was wild or reckless right when I was younger yeah and things like that and I I don't know how much fun that is for her um you know she's very supportive (laughs) but is it fun for her to read my stuff I think sometimes and sometimes not in certain ways and certain ways not.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, I think also I think if you've got if you do write something that's a bit darker because I mean I'm writing a bit of romance at the moment but I normally I write grim dark fantasy and um and it is bloody dark. You know, people go oh I can't believe you wrote that. You know because I look such a sweetie and I am a sweetie but I can write some dark shit. But and sometimes I get a bit of oh well that's not you. Well I'm afraid it is. But my husband never bothers. He's like do you know what I mean? he's not afraid of that side of me. And I think if if you have a partner, we're we getting into relationship stuff now, aren't we? If you have a, if you have a partner <laughs> who has some, um, you can take you, you know, for the dark and the light and and understand that you are a great person, if you know what I mean, then I think that's, yeah, yeah I think that's a pretty healthy relationship, really. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. And, Probably, and if
1: you're in each other's corner, yeah. if you're in each other's corners, right, then that ability to go a little bit dark also, is a bit of a shield,
0: yes. right? Yeah,
1: Against some of the rages and and some of the influences that the world can bring.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think it, I think it is good. So my other question is is this. So you you're writing this and you're quite immersed in this. I can see. You know, you've got, you've got your your two websites and it's all happening and it's it's coming along now. Um, do you think you're going to write this for a long time, or have you got another? or actually have you got another pen name which we don't know about <laughs> are you also writing are you also writing sugary romance on the side <laughs> or kids books no. or something <laughs> Yeah. You know, what's what have you got another thing that you think you know when i've got this to fruition i'd really like to do some science fiction or something like that or is it yes. just just this
1: I wanna do, I wanna, so Central City is all about creating the world of the city itself, right? And as as like an archetypal metaphor for um, a Midwestern American city and and the historical changes that that went through. And so I do wanna do like, uh, I'm currently actually have a draft done of the origin novel of Central City. I wanna take um, Kane and Bayonne through um, a several book arc. There's at least five books. Um, as well as some short stories and some other things where they appear in, in different things. Um, I, I want to do a lot more with the city itself, but I do want to do historical fiction world that allows me to do similar to what I've done with Central City and what I'm trying to do with it, but to do it on the scale of multiple cultures yeah. that cross-pollinate, have their own histories, um, and do yeah, like a character art, a royal family type of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That would be interesting because, because I think also, um, quite often when stories are told, not not all the time, but quite often they're told and they're just in in one one culture's viewpoint. And it'd be quite nice to use the same place and do different cultured viewpoints. I think, yeah, interesting. And I think that's what interests me about the rereading reading the Shogun nonsense is, you know, you're seeing these. Yeah. I think that's the fascination of it. You're seeing two, you know, the Japanese and the. And it's, you know, I'm sure Japanese people think it's absolute rubbish, but do you know what I mean? You've got the, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at two different viewpoints from, you know, two different perspectives, if you like, which is, which is great stuff. Right. Never mind about any of this writing. Tell me about your artwork. Did you do it yourself?
1: No, no, uh,
0: it's really good. I really liked it because it's absolutely. Yeah. I really, I really, really liked it. It's, it's really clean. It's got a really strong look. Um, it's it's genre specific but it's not marling in and, and just like blending into all the other of cop you know bad guy good guy stuff it's not it's not blending into that I can see what it is I know exactly what kind of book that would be to read but it it just stands out I think it's I think it's really good did you have trouble finding a designer to do that or did you know what you wanted or is it just somebody very talented that just went here we go
1: um so when i did central this cover for central city which was actually done by a different cover designer um i came with uh like some frederick brown stuff and like very specific there used to be in the u.s there used to be a publishing company called lizard crime back in what the 40s and 50s um and 60s i want to say and um penguin now owns it but vintage bought it and then um, and so it's been like subsumed in other companies and was re-released. And they use those original covers. So I was looking at, and this was back like in the 90s, I think late 90s when it was re-released as Lizard Crime is like an imprint of vintage. And I was looking at those covers and the geometrical framework and things. And I was very specific about what I wanted. And you know, that original cover designer could speak that language, and we're talking about, you know, artwork and aesthetic and, and things like that. Um and that worked well, but she was a cover designer for children's books and was in the process of launching that career and um, we ended up going in different directions. But then I took that idea to another graphic designer and then actually I that was a process of finding somebody that could recreate what was in my head and be able to take and create a similar look to Central City, but... Um, but also do their own thing, right? Because you have to allow the artist to do his or her own thing. Mm. So I did finally find someone, but that took some trial and error. That was not an easy process. Um, And I think the artist that I'm currently working with, his name is Nikolai, and he did all of the artwork um, for the Central City Books website, all the character images, et cetera. Mm. So, and it's like, I can say a handful of things, provide him with some material, and he will come back with what was in my head. Yeah, it's yeah. really been great. It's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, th- I think they look I think look very nice because I think they they appeal to me on two different levels. Uh, actually, possibly three different levels. I, I always like a low color palette. I like it. I think it's better if you can just use a couple of colors on a on a cover because I think that works. You know, some some people try and throw everything on it. I think it works on a really graphic way you know it you know you've got you got your typeface you've got the figures bit of buildings or you know some some shapes but then if you look closely at them there's some really nice detail in there as well and I, and I think that's I think that's really good so I think they work great as a thumbnail you know which is what it's all about when we're selling our books online but but if you have the actual you know if you had the actual copy in your hand I think you'd you would still appreciate the cover on that level as well and I think it's yeah, I think it's really good yeah I think she's made a brilliant job of it i really liked it (laughs) and uh, and i think um uh did she also do your logo with the dog which oddly i don't know whether you can see that i've actually got it drawn by notes (laughs) because i I, i'm an artist and i and as i'm talking writing your thing i thought oh my god i've drawn his logo because i just couldn't help just doing that that lovely for the with the dog's face that's cool i like that too did she do that for you was that a different no that
1: was that was a different person um that i was like a a graphic designer who who worked in in marketing branding sort of stuff but it's it's based on um yeah. actually uh, my dog's face yeah and this, I, I this dog happened to pass away
0: yeah okay yeah i have a hound so <laughs> I, I was a
1: yeah. what was she 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 was a german shepherd cattle dog mix oh
0: yeah yeah um
1: and she passed away 2 years ago oh. uh and it's you know it's both her face and like her face mask markings, yeah. but also in the shape of a pen, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's lovely. I really liked it. Yeah, I, I thought that was good. I thought <laughs> I just and I just like that sweet. I have I have a whippet, a hound, and she she has beautiful okay. lines. You know what I mean? And I'm if ever I'm doodling, there's always these whippets running. You know. Because you just can do it in one oh, yeah. in one sweep. Do you know what I mean? The thing and the curl of the tail. I can't help it. And, and I think that, that's what I felt with that. I thought, oh, I've just got to I love that shape. Woohoo. You know, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I'm a crazy woman. Anyway, happy days. So yeah, I really like those. I like the I like the um things you know, and also it all ties in together with all your website and all that um thing. So answer me this then, um, Indy we're talking noir so how dark is it how dark is dark
1: I don't know
0: (laughs) I don't know Um, yes I'm similar like that because people go "Well, how dark is it how dark is grim dark fantasy I'm like well it's pretty grim it's pretty dark what do you think how how dark would people get murdered would it give you nightmares yeah or yeah
1: (laughs) I don't think so I don't think so I mean I know it doesn't doesn't um... bother
0: me when I write it you're probably the same
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and I mean, I, you know, I grew up around violence and, uh, um, and it is part of the world. Um, There's not, there isn't the, I I can't write like Jim Thompson where you're in the mind of a character who's obviously deranged, right? Or who's homicidal because I don't have that sensibility. There's never, my work um, to the best of my knowledge at this moment, my work will never contain something like um, gratuitous violence or like violence against women or something like that that's like a fetishization of violence or something like that. Yeah. I just don't that's not one it doesn't interest me at all. Um, and two, I, I don't think that I have it in me. So I, I think what pe- when people refer to it as gritty, I think that there are two things that they are re- they're referring to and this is my suspicion I could be wrong. The first one, is you know, like uh, in the first chapter of Central City, Vincent Bayonne and his partner go into a junk house, right? That's a house where they cook crack. Mm-hmm. And and like if you've ever smelled that, you never forget it, right? So describing that smell was not difficult for me. They're walking around and like the bathroom is dirty, right? And there's a deuce in the toilet and so forth, and you that's what those bathrooms look like, right? So again, like that wasn't difficult for me to describe or explain. And this is a house where people are squatting, where they're cooking crack in the kitchen, and they're living there with, you know, like a um, pawn shop television up on cinder blocks. And you know what I mean? And they're playing like a Salvation Army game of Monopoly, right, Mm -hmm. and that's what people do in those houses. So like there's a level of, of, I think, I like to think honesty, Or truthfulness to it, but it's a description of a pretty squalid situation, Mm. Um, and I think that that sense of realism and like realism mixed with the grotesque is part of it. I think the second piece people are referring to is when they use the term gritty, is that there's a dispassionate way of depicting the violence, Mm. right? The violence is a very matter of fact. The, because the violence isn't the point. The point no. is the way that it flows out in terms of the interrelationship yeah And so the violence so I'm not trying to create um like a scene of violence that you have to sit with.
0: yeah,
1: it like happens that. and you move on, yeah.
0: And, and also, I think you've got to have, like, you know, sometimes you you get touched. You know, people say, "Oh, but I don't know why they put that in here." But you've got to have the story. got some bad stuff has got to happen, otherwise, you haven't got a story to solve. If you know what I mean, you need to, you need to have right. that that kind of thing. So, you if you, you introduce
1: a gun, it has yeah. to go off.
0: Exactly. It has to go Yes, yeah. Now who said that? Somebody said that, didn't they? I you think Anton
1: Chekhov.
0: Oh, I thought it was, yes, I think it was. Or or didn't um Stephen King also say it, or did he refer to Chekhov in between? I don't know. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Yeah. You're, you're the recovering academic. <laughs> well, perhaps you've recovered. We can't remember. <laughs> I I pronounce you cured, Indy. That's the thing. Um, so when you <laughs> when you've got the uh you've got all this going on, so you're writing your stuff, and you used to be, you know, like you say, you've taught creative writing, and you've done done all these things. Um. So, how organized are you with your writing? Are you a planner? Do you get it all plotted out? Do you know exactly what you're doing, or do you just uh, do research, jump right in, and hope for the best? Or are you like hitting the story beats? Do do, do you do you, um, you preach what you taught those those youths?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I, do I mean, what I taught in the day what I taught was that if there you know when is the best time to do an outline whenever it will be helpful to you right and I do a lot of outlining I do a lot of um storyboarding and it, I've never had a book follow the outline or the storyboarding right like <laughs> because you end up tearing it down shifting things around redoing your outline and bouncing back and forth and I like to you know, spread out that big picture, put it up on a whiteboard that's as big as my wall and move things around and, and see it that way. But when you're in the scene, the scene takes priority. Yeah. And what the scene needs, the scene needs. Yeah. So when you're in it, you're in it to win it, but then you can spill it back out to make sure it connects.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think we, I think the creative process is very strange. I think you you think you know what you're going to do and then as it as it evolves it becomes something else um it's, it's a bit like myself i i can't follow a recipe if i'm cooking something and i'm same with writing yeah i have to tweak it i have to just put a bit of chili powder in there or something like that and when i was a teacher could i follow a lesson plan no not really you know i just would i would always go off on another thing because stuff happens and it gives you another idea and i think that's part of the joy of it really you know and i think the plan is almost there not to be used on on so many weird levels yeah very strange <laughs> yeah so what was the best advice do, that you think other people would follow as you know, as yourself as a as a as a teacher and as a writer what would you think would be the best advice for um, I would say finish it. <laughs> I think that's I think I mean, that's the best I, advice.
1: I would say that you're only going to be who you are, yeah. right? And that the uh, the process of growth and maturation is the process of discovering who that is. And while there's great value in in making that relatable, connecting to other people, right, mm-hmm. making that communal there you can't you can't you know write to the market you can't try to you know catch the wave of whatever adolescent vampires or whatever the wave is right now right you you can only write the story that's inside of you and it's gonna be a process of you figuring out who you are. And then like you talked about where you put your work out there and then it's in the world that people are going to respond and they're going to respond however they feel like it, whether they've thought through their response or not, right. They're going to respond. Yeah. And the way, the best way that I've found of weathering that storm is to be aware that this is who I am. You know what I mean? And not everybody's going to understand that or appreciate it. And it isn't for everybody and that's fine, right? Like it's not, that's not personal. Yeah. Any more than the violence in my books are, is, are personal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah it
1: think. is what it is.
0: I think also the different times in your life. You know, I, I remember writing, starting to write a book when I was, I don't know, 22 or something. Um, but then when I actually became a writer and began to write, I wrote entirely different stuff. You know, and now I'm older again. Suddenly I'm finding that what I want to write is humorous stuff, um, which is quite a surprise to me, really and and i'm quite surprised that other people find it funny <laughs> because i it, it was just i just wrote something just off the cuff and and it and it's it is it's strange how a different time of your life will will donate you know something else that you want to that you want to do yeah it's, it's um yeah fascinating and i think that's the the joy of creativity because you don't ever really know where it's going to take you you know uh, and I think you know the same for you you know you you we could have another chat in another three years and you you might have done started a whole new thing you know or carried on with this to the extent that you know now it's you know a, a, a crazy you know you saying to be, oh I didn't know I was going to write 25 books in this but here it is you know because right. you don't you don't know where it's going to be you just have to carry on and I think it's about seeing it through as well you know I think uh, a lot of people um i think that's what's quite good with you obviously you you've, you know, you you understand what it is to be a writer because you've been you know looking into that and you've got that um you know and and having taught it you've you've, you've thought about it thought it through because i think a lot of people they get stuck on the first book and they think this first book is going to be the thing and they keep on fiddling 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 with it and really you've got to i th- i think you have to be brave enough to go right that's it the end and on to the next thing and and carry on with each little bit. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, it's all looking good. So um what the time. Where can people find you, Indy, online? Indie um Para. so
1: there's indieparal is the website for you know me personally as an author and um essays that I've written and things of that nature. Um, you can also go to centralcitybooks.com which is where you can explore the world of the novels um, and look at the different characters and really explore you know that world that i've created um where all of these stories take place then you can also find me on twitter facebook instagram tickety like all of that good stuff good reads etc yeah. you can purchase the books on amazon kobo barnes and noble Google Play and iTunes as well
0: cool so you've really gone the wide I mean, route yeah you've gone the wide route yeah. yeah yeah cool um yeah i think i think that's good uh right one last question we've got like 4 minutes but i want to ask you this why why is it that you want you wanted to create central city as a as a, a made up place and not use a real place
1: um because i didn't want to Be beholden to a specific geography, and I wanted to be able to develop the mythology and metaphors the way that spoke to me. Right. So, you know, by the time somebody is mature enough to read um, the books that I'm writing, they've seen thousands of images of New York and people, New York City or Chicago or whatever it is. And you come to that with certain expectations, and the films that you've seen that are that take place there, et cetera. They've shaped your perception of that. And I wanted to start fresh both for myself and for my audience to give them a world they could visit, sink their teeth into and explore where they wouldn't be bringing preconceived notions of what that should be.
0: Good answer. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nailed. I think you just nailed it, Indy. <laughs> Can't get out of the park. That's really great. Indy, I could talk to you all night, but the, the time is clicking down. Thank you for joining me on the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm glad we got together. It was great.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate ah, it.
0: So, what a nice guy. Lovely to talk to Indy about all his work. And uh, yeah, every, every author has a, an insight into the writing process. Great stuff. OK, so next week, um, in stark contrast to the to the gritty noir, we've got Emma Bennett and Emma writes contemporary romantic fiction with a feel good vibe. And uh, she was obviously lovely, too. And we had a had a super chat. So do join me next week. So that's it for me for this week. I hope you have a great week writing, creating, doing whatever it is you're doing uh, or in fact reading. And I hope you are. Um, so. Uh, do find the show notes, you can find them on my website, which is djbermansmith.com. You can find me as a children's author, at tigermolly.com, and uh, you can find all the notes, show notes, and stuff about me on those websites. Until next time, bye-bye.